Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Hello. Saturday, I think. Saturday, right? Oh, Colin's here. He's, oh, we were so worried about you, Colin. You disappeared for a week. It's lovely to see you back. Uh, this is Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe Podcast. There's all the cool kids calling it Rehef. Rehef. We have uh, quite an eclectic lineup today on our guests, Fred McCauley and Colt Cabana and N- Naja Kamal. Uh, hopefully we'll do some tag team wrestling. Yes. Yeah, later on. I think what the team with Colt on might win. There's one wrestling fan in Colt. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> one wrestling fan. Uh, so, uh, we've been, you know, I'm feeling all right today. I had a little bit of dip in this week where I was a bit tired and now I'm feeling okay. Uh, we had Ardell O'Hannon on yesterday. I didn't get to talk about this. I didn't feel appropriate. Um, but I was, I was sort of thinking about the time when uh, Father Ted Dermot Morgan uh, died. When I heard that news that uh, Dermot Morgan had died, I was, uh, we'd just done, I think, uh, this morning, Rich Not Judy at the BBC. And we went up to the BBC bar, and then this news was going around. And what I heard was that Piers Morgan had died. <laughs> so imagine the gulf there. And it's like when you then hear, it would have been bad enough just hearing Dermot Morgan had died, but then to first of all thought that Piers Morgan had died, he'd gone one way to kind of ecstasy, and then it right back. To, to, so, so unfortunately, Piers Morgan didn't die. He tragically. He is still alive. Uh, if he dies today, that, that I didn't know that that happened. So that's not. It's not. And I'm still delighted anyway. I don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, um, oh, in, the new, in the news, the, uh, the boob bomb is back in the, in the news. Have you seen this? That there were terrorists. Ago. This is my idea. I'm furious with Al-Qaeda for stealing. When you come up with a terrorist plot, you have to come up with your own stuff. It's very hack to copy terrorist, pl- terrorist plots of other people. And I came up with the idea of the boob bomb. I wrote about it ages ago. If, there's, if there are any Al-Qaeda people listening in, or, in, or indeed in the... In the, hopefully not in the stand. That's a bit more scary. <laughs> hopefully safely at home. I do I often come up with terrorist plans. Uh, so do listen in. You know, I, I thought it was a good idea because I saw quite a you know, lady with quite big boobs and I thought that you could just put some explosives in that. That's bigger than 100 millilitres, isn't it? Those, so you just put what, one chemical in one and one in the other and then punctuate them. And <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I think the security service has also listened to my podcast. So that does mean... That, you know, as long as they're on board, they know my plans. Charlie Brooker had a great one of having just someone driving around with a, with a van with knives on it at kind of ankle level and then drive down the street. So there are just loads of people just... It wouldn't kill anyone, but it would be awful, wouldn't it? It would just everyone, no feet, writhing around. And so we've got some good ideas, but the uh, Edinburgh audience not so uh, enamoured with uh, the terrorist ideas. I was annoyed. I was annoyed that's my idea, and then someone else is going to get the credit for for blowing up something with boobs. Yeah, you'd like to be the guy checking for that at the airport, wouldn't you, Colin? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's just some security guy going, yeah, apparently um, they're, they're hiding bombs in boobs now. So I just have to have a little feel. Um, uh, yes, good. I thought of something even more disgusting, and I didn't say it. That is very unlike me. So um, I think we will... Later on, see if you can imagine what it was. Uh, later on, there'll be a competition. People here can win uh, lots of stuff, including my Talking Cock DVD uh, and my Talking Cock book. You can buy these if you're at home, if you're enjoying these 75 podcasts I'll have done by the end of this fringe. I don't know if I'm going to do any more, but if, you, if I sell enough Talking Cock DVDs by the end of Edinburgh, I might agree to do more. So go, if you're enjoying these, uh, do, just give something back. It's only 15 quid online. It's free for someone tonight. 10, you can get that for free if you come to see We're All Going to Die. It's the, my, my favourite stand-up show standard routines for all my shows I've done uh, today we've also got a rain poncho that's quite popular a um, 
uh, glider, sort of girls' glider called Lily. Uh, uh, one of those, not telling what that is. Look at that, you'd like to win that. Colin hasn't won yet. He comes back every day hoping to win uh, a copy of Bitter and Jaded, a free magazine uh, that you can get somewhere. Will Hodgson tickets, and very exciting, I've dropped one again. Uh, a, a mask of Prince Philip. <laughs> So if Prince Philip... I do a joke about Prince Philip being on the edge of death during my, uh, during my other show, and Nelson Mandela, and I really didn't think I would get this far into the fringe, still being able to do this material. But so far, they've both survived. Maybe, you know, that, that'd be a nice... If he does tragically die, I hope no old man has to die, but if an old man has to die, let it be Prince Philip. He can still... He can, he's had a good knock. Um, but not before the end of the fringe, Prince Philip. If you could just hang on till the end of the fringe, I can carry on doing that routine. Imagine if I can still do it if Nelson Mandela and Prince Philip are still alive. By the end of the tour, it would be wonderful for me. Fingers crossed. Uh, it's all about me. So, uh, look, let's get straight on with this. Uh, I, um, my first guest is very well known in the wrestling circles. I find wrestling... Bit puerile and childish. I'm very grown up, so I don't know. I'm a very mature man, so, so I don't know too much about wrestling. Uh, it came a bit late for me because I'm a bit old for, for this new wave of wrestling. I'm, I'm from the Mick McManus uh, generation that we were discussing backstage. You remember Mick McManus? Yeah, yeah and he's dead. So, um, remember Big Daddy? Dead. Remember Giant Haystacks? Dead. Do you remember Kendo Nagasaki? Might still be alive. Yeah, no one knows who he was, so it doesn't. It's impossible to know. He did get found out. I think he was. Uh, I think he was a gay gentleman, Kendo Nagasaki. I was I think I might be just making that up. Uh, so, which is fine. You know, that's all right. That's the ideal job, I would say, for for a gay man. And so, with that, probably not the best way to start this. To have a gigantic man come up on stage now who can really punch hard. Uh, will you please welcome Colt Cavana, ladies and gentlemen. I apologise. I apologise. I apologise. I'm not saying all wrestlers are gay, but. Uh, Kendo Nagasaki, Japanese wrestler, yep. wrestling in England, known as a Japanese man with a Japanese mask for many years on, yep. on ITV, uh, right at 4 o'clock on Saturday, demasked. Oh, that's just a British guy named Peter, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he with a weird well. tattoo on his head. <laughs> is, is he still alive, Kendo Nakasaki? He still is. He's, He's yes, still making fantastic. the rounds, too. I've seen him on a couple shows when I'm over here. Yeah. Yeah. Very awkward gentleman. Hides in his locker room with his mask on at all times. It's like, I've seen you with your mask off. <laughs> he must be pretty old as well by now. You can recognise him just from the wrinkles. Through yeah. <laughs> He's up there. He's yeah, up there. He's up. That's good. It's good to see. So, uh, you, so you, you were talking about the... Uh, we have TSA. Do you guys have TSA here? Is that in the... Do we have that? In the uh, airports. The airport security. All oh, right, okay. Are you TSA with that? With the squeeze of the boobs? Or is that... Yeah. Do you have a different name for that here? We don't. I don't we call it airport security. Airport yeah. security. <laughs> we call it uh, bloody annoyance. So oh, I... I want to bring my toothpaste on the plane. That's what we call it. Right, well, I, I fly every single week. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, 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 last year I did like 150,000 miles around the world. And um, it's just like, I, I hate them so much. You know? like, <laughs> I, I, and so I, I wrestle and, and I just... I sweat buckets. And buckets. I'm wrestling 20 minute matches, and then I just kind of throw all my shit in the suitcase. And I love when they are like, "I'm going to check your bag. You look like an <laughs> asshole," you know. And they open it up, and just a 
cloud of funk hits there, you know. Like, that's the kind of, that, that's yeah. my version of a bomb, I guess. Yeah, it is. They are kind of doing a nice job, really, I suppose. So no, no offense, they are sort of trying to save our lives. Um, could have done better on that. we got a real, it's a real uh, wrestling dynamic here. Like, yeah. you're, you're a real baby face, a blue eye. No, airport yeah. secured. Do you think, I, would I be a good wrestler? I've got a little bit, I'm a bit stocky. But You've got the hair for it. I've got the hair. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you. I think you need to like shave the sides. Have you seen uh, that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and kind of, you know, I think it's you have really nice hair. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a that's a wrestling move. I could do that. Yeah, 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 I could yeah. do all the preening. It's just when it's, people start hitting each other, I might be in trouble. I'll be just doing. I had one fight. I've had one fight in my adult life recently, and it was uh, when I was just about to turn forty, and I, a university lecturer. Fourteen. Forty. Oh, 40. I'm 46. I'm just. Okay. It was recently, uh, and uh, I was. Uh, it was. It ended up being me fighting a university lecturer in the street on Liverpool. Uh, he, he, he deserved it. He, he tried to punch a woman and stuff, and then he tried to punch me, and so I decided to fight him, which I wouldn't usually do. That's. But then I don't really know. So I was. I mean, I was boxing rather than wrestling, but I was doing that. But the, the, <laughs> but the, got des- one the decision to like. I mean, we've all like, ah, screw you. I'm going to kick your ass. But there's that decision of like in between that of like. Okay, I'm gonna commit and throw a punch. Yeah, that's yeah. a big decision. It, it is. Yeah, and you were like, okay, it's well, like, he kind of did. He tried. He tried to kick this girl in the head, and then he really let. We got dragged out, and then he was waiting outside, and then he came at me and punched me. And as it wasn't, I was quite drunk. Uh, <laughs> I would do, but I would absolutely usually. If there was a lot of things going on because I was about to turn forty. There were girls there that, that I was interested in having sex with. Uh, and uh, so, well, actually, I would have had sex with them all if they'd all been up for it. Uh, or, if that guy, or if that guy hadn't punched them all out, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. And then he, you know, I just sort of. I think I would usually have just walked away or not. He didn't hurt me. And he didn't really hurt me in the fight. We just had this fight, and I ended up ripped with my T-shirt ripped. Oh. I did get one good punch in, and that felt amazing. I've never really punched someone in the head. Yeah. felt amazing. Uh, and, uh, and then I got in a taxi in Liverpool, and as I got in the taxi, the taxi driver had seen the whole thing because I just embarrassedly kind of left as the police arrived and they, they'd yeah. run off. And he said, that was the funniest fight I have ever seen. <laughs> so it was good, which is good for a comedian. But I kind of did feel very vig- manly and vigorous the next day, even though and I was telling everyone I was in a fight. I wasn't really giving them all the details. Sure. <laughs> it felt really good. So I could understand the masculine uh, urge to punch another man or, or jump on him. And, uh, yeah, and I'm proud of, of you. Yeah, I'm good. super Thank proud. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, you know, people... I, I'm a comedic pro wrestler, yeah. so my pro wrestling style is comedy, so usually people say to me, that's the funniest fight I've ever seen. And I'm like, thank you, that's a compliment. <laughs> In my case, it was. was <laughs> the one time I was trying. So you're doing a show up here with Brendan Burns, who has also brought uh, Mick Foley here last year, or was sort of involved with Mick Foley last yeah, year. Yeah, he's agent to the wrestling stars, <laughs> apparently. Bringing the wrestling comedy crossover. Yeah, next so, year he's bringing Hulk Hogan over to have sex with everyone's wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um that was and news then, in America, not here? No. Uh, well, no. <laughs> that was Hulk, a real thing. Hulk Hogan, is, what, is he had sex with everyone's wife. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. There's a sex tape of is him it? having sex with uh, Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. Okay. And uh, that's what we call our comedians in America. <laughs> uh, and Bubba like gave, it, like gave him money to have sex with his wife and then Ooh. filmed it and put it out on the old internet. <laughs> For everyone to see, and now he's doing a Fringe Fest show about it next year. Really? Called "I'll Have Sex with Your Wife" yeah, for twenty pounds. Wife. Well, my wife's not in. I think she probably wouldn't need much money to have sex with you, but unless compared to, compared to me, I think Hulk Hogan maybe. Uh, Colin, it would be a lot of money, Colin. But if you've got 
Have you got a million pounds? I can make that come true. I, I really can't. Uh, I'm promising something that I can't make happen. I apologise uh, for everything I've said in Edinburgh. <laughs> It doesn't count, right? Uh, so what is it? it doesn't count. It doesn't, yeah. You're allowed to be uh, ribald up here. So what the show is with Brendan, you commentating on wrestling. Yeah, I, like uh, it's at midnight at the stand two, and we just watch. The, like I, I picked out. We've, it's a different show every night, and I picked out like 200 different clips that we've gone through of just weird, bizarre, crazy things from the world of wrestling. And it's just like it's so easy to improv and riff and just tell stories. And we, you know, we have guests every night, and like I mean, great wrestling. Is the best. Yeah. Oh, but shit wrestling <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> I mean, guys dressed up in cat outfits, and uh, we had a in Japan. In Japan, they do like Japan's the craziest place in the world. Like, there's a match in, in America called the tables versus ladders, uh, tables and ladders match. In Japan, there was a, a, a table versus a ladder, <laughs> and it was just a, a table. And a ladder, and then a guy like underneath a table, but there was a cloth on each side, and he just kind of scooched over, <laughs> pushed over the ladder. The ladder falls down, the table scooches over and pins the ladder, and 3,000 Japanese fans are going fucking insane. Sounds like I found a market for me, one versus me, two snooker. <laughs> I'm in the wrong country. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be a worse thing if it was just a, a ladder and a table and no man, though. If people were paying to see that, just sitting there waiting to see which one would win yeah. in the battle of the inanimate objects, just one of them will move soon enough. Um, I've been to Japan. Yeah. Like, I, I've toured Japan many times. Yeah. and uh, like, I'm a little sad that I had to wrestle traditional wrestling matches over there because my friend had wrestled a nine-year-old girl over in Japan. <laughs> Kenny Omega, and uh, it was, you know, it, we, we watched this, obviously. Why wouldn't we watch this and commentate over it? But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like a real sucker. I'm just wrestling grown men. Yeah. Who, who won out of the grown man versus the nine-year-old oh, girl? it was a draw. Oh, okay. A time limit draw. Which, uh, you know, I'm sure Kenny was happy that, like, he didn't lose to the girl. Yeah. But if you don't, if you can't beat a nine-year-old girl. Jimmy Savile was a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's the? This is an art question I'm asking everyone, but I guess you might have some good answers to this uh, anyway. But what is the closest you have come to actually dying? Have you ever come close to dying? Uh, um, I watched a couple a uh, couple weeks ago. I watched a man die in the middle of the street. Wow! Uh, after a comedy, so we we uh, He's taken the question a different way than I thought. But I'm yeah. glad. Well, uh, we did a show called Graham Clark, who's an amazing comedian and actually is here. He's from Canada. Yeah. He's doing a show at the Assembly Roxy. Uh, he does a show called Ring a Ding Dong Dandy, which is the same concept uh, in Canada of watching bad wrestling and just you know taking the piss, making yeah. fun. And after the show, everyone's excited, having the time of our life. Uh, everyone kind of leaves the place. Uh, I just stay in to sign autographs. It's a small little black box theater, and we hear three three gunshots. Yeah, and... Um, it, no one could really believe it. No one was screaming. This isn't the funny part. This is the real part. <laughs> People got killed. Uh, and uh, no one was screaming, so it was weird. So no one really took it serious. And, and finally, like, finally had the balls to look out and like see what was happening. And uh, a guy was laying on the street um, in a pool of his own blood. And apparently he had gone up. Still, not the funny part. <laughs> We're gonna get funny. Yeah. Uh, he had gone up. He actually pulled a gun on my friend. Uh, shot and missed. Tried to shoot another person. Uh, this is all within, you know, just twenty feet away from me. Yeah. And then took his own life. 
Yeah. Uh, it was the guy, a comedian. I saw there was the guy, the, the guy who got shot at. Kind of yeah, Dave Shankar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I read about that. Yeah. Comedy. It's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty exciting. But have you ever been close to dying? Is what I meant. Not how close have you been close to? A, that was I've, close. I've the been, guy almost shot me. I've been to. You, you weren't even there. I've been to a. Gra- I've been to a graveyard. I've been very close to death. <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of dead people all over the place. Um, <laughs> that's a good story. It is a good story. Uh, uh-huh. t- tragically terrifying. <laughs> I thought you'd, you had a car crash. Though. I thought you'd go for that, but no. I have had a yeah, car yeah, crash. That, wasn't as, that was that was surely uh, close. It was more fun. I was spinning around. <laughs> <laughs> like I got hit. I was flying around. You know, and I, I didn't see a big truck coming to hit me. So uh, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've, I'm interested. I don't know. I haven't seen any. I killed a room once, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> It's, we're allowed to be serious. Um, I'm quite interested by some of your aliases. Again, this would be a good pointless uh, round. <laughs> Colt Cabana's aliases on, on uh, his wrestling. Yeah. What, uh, what was the masked flipper number seven? That, oh, that, that, that sounds like the best one to me. Oh, uh, that's that was actually just a one-off. Right. Was, yeah. I have a lot, a, different, a lot of different aliases. I, I play a police officer t- sometimes. Yeah. And I only play... See, I'm, in wrestling, I play the good guy, the goody, right? The blue eye. And uh, happy-go-lucky, jovial, comedic wrestler. But sometimes I play uh, the bad guy only... When I play Officer Cole Cabana, the police officer, <laughs> right. and that's only for Insane Clown Posse's Juggalo Championship Wrestling, <laughs> okay. which used to be called Juggalo Championship Wrestling, but they changed it, I guess, for validity reasons, uh, because the Insane Clown Posse wanted to be legit, you know? Uh, do you guys know who ICP is, the Insane Clown Posse? Yeah. No. Some of them do. They're, they uh, sound good. They, 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 they they dress up in makeup, and uh, they're known for their their spokesperson is a hatchet man. He has a hatchet, and he kills people, and um, that's close to death too. That is, and, does uh, he actually kill people in the red? Because that, that would be good if it was if, no. if, if people actually were killed. And uh, and I, I I wrestle as uh, Officer Colt Cabana, and I'm the bad guy, and my nemesis, who is the good guy, is the weed man. Right, and he gives uh, marijuana to all the fans <laughs> to smoke, and he is their hero. Yeah, <laughs> and someone, li- his someone hero likes too. him there, unless he was responding. He's a massive fan of the Weed Man, and was responding to something from five minutes ago. Uh, 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 <laughs> and you have a rivalry with someone called Homicide, which sounds or you did, which sounds like a foolish thing to do to me. Yeah, and I al- he sounds bad. Homicide. I also went, once went through uh, Australian customs with Homicide, and they're like, "Are you with?" homicide and for some reason I was like yes and I was like wait why are you telling the, the agents at the at the border that your name is homicide <laughs> and uh, he did yeah his name is D but he wrestled as, as homicide is that on his passport homicide I, I guess they looked him up you know when, <laughs> yeah, when you travel to, to, from country to country yeah. uh, they'll look you up to see you know what you're doing here why you're here and he's like, yeah, I'm here. Uh, hi. Hi, I'm, a, I'm Homicide. I'm here to wrestle. Uh, pretty close to death, Homicide, right? Me and Homicide are buddies. I'm close to him. All right. And I, can you demonstrate a flying asshole, which is one of your... Yeah, it is moves? one of my moves. Can you do it on Colin? Uh, <laughs> Colin, you got any wings on you, buddy? <laughs> no, 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 you got, no, you got to jump around. You, you oh, so I would, I would put you in the corner. Yeah. And uh, I would run at you, right? But my, my I, I've added this in the repertoire. I'll put my hands up like a, like a like a coyote, like the Roadrunner, yeah, like a cartoon, like a coyote, the Roadrunner cartoon, no? Yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I go like this, and then I yell, "Flying asshole!" And then I run at you, and I hit you in the chest with my asshole. Right. People love it. <laughs> I, will, uh, I love it. 
I'll ask you an emergency question. I've got emergency questions. If you had to marry one of the Muppets, which of the Muppets would you get married to if you had to marry and live with them for the rest of your life? Wow. Yeah. This is some deep shit right <laughs> here. Uh, well, I, I guess on vanity alone, mm. the that Swedish girl in the band, she was... That's who I like. Yeah, We're going to have to fight each other. <laughs> That's Janice. Yeah, Janice. You think you might, you might win. I... She's lovely, isn't she? Yeah, I kind of would make out with her, yeah. I think. Like, I wouldn't have sex with her. That's weird. But like, once you're married, once you're married, you can. But she's yeah, she's super cute. But like, I guess if you, I mean, if you want, like, let's, you know, like Fozzie's a funny guy. Yeah. He, we'd have fun stories. We'd have good times. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, I don't. Would you have sex with Fozzie? You've rejected Janice, but you go. I mean, if we're thinking long term, yeah. I mean, people are living a long time now. Muppets aren't dying; they're Muppets, That's right? So I'm stuck with this fucking bear till I'm like a hundred years old, or probably 45 when I die in a wrestling ring, uh, whichever one comes first. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a real coin flip for me. Between those two, it's good. I'm yeah. glad that it, most people go for Miss Piggy, and it's a very boring. So well done on being interesting. And uh, my other emergency question is: if Wait, hold on. Why is it an emergency question? Because it's like uh, they're just my emergency questions for when I can't think of anything to say. Well, do you want to talk uh, about but wrestling? Then, but then, yeah, I do, but I have to. I do, but because people want, now want the emergency questions. We'll talk about wrestling. Say, tell me another wrestling. <laughs> tell me an interesting story about wrestling. It's not as good as it as my other question. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, what. I was in the WWE for two years, yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd wrestled all over the world to try to get to the WWE as Colt Cabana. That's my stage name. And when I get there, um, they uh, I have a meeting with Vince McMahon, and I'm telling Vince McMahon my love for not only wrestling but comedy. I really have a, a deep love for alternative comedy uh, and, and the scene, and I have appreciation, and that's why I love being here at the Fringe. And I think it's, for me, it's the coolest thing ever. And I go and I, I've watched probably over 30 shows now just roaming around and so he's like oh wow okay uh, tell me about yourself and I'm like I love comedy uh, you know I, I'm, uh, I, I'm Jewish and then he goes I got it you'll be Scotty Goldman <laughs> that was my wrestling name in WWE and I came out uh, to like bar mitzvah theme music <laughs> and instead of the Batman sign flashing at you a star of David Kunk came at you and I was uh Jewish wrestler Scotty Goldman like my dream my dream to get to the WWE and he's like you're gonna be the guy who spins the dreidel and uh and uh who'd he say man he uh he's like oh you know who was funny like Henny Youngman and I was like oh you have no clue who like the kids in the hall are do you (laughs) and uh so I uh, got fired after four matches, so <laughs> that was my That's, career there. <laughs> and then you became the... What is the masked flipper number seven? You, uh, <laughs> you avoided my question, and there were the other six, or uh, more than that. There was just a promotion uh, down south called FIP, right. and there was whenever they made just like a scrub. Like, you remember, like, I don't know if you guys watch wrestling Saturday mornings, but like when there was just like the scrubbiest guy ever, they'd call them a jobber. And uh, you knew he was losing in two minutes, and like his only claim to fame was he would do, like he would wave. Like, oh, okay, that's all you're getting in today. You're not going to get a punch or a body slam. Like, oh, the camera will let you wave. And uh, so, like, their scrubs were called the flippers, right. and I put on a mast, and, I, and there were six of them before me. So I played the, the part of the mast flipper, yeah. Yeah, you were right to yeah. try to get away. I tried to get away. You tried to get away from yeah. it. What about Twinkie the Kid? What That's another it? just one-off. <laughs> nothing nothing, uh, nothing is <laughs> extraordinary there. And you were once strangled with a coat hanger. 
Yeah, nothing to do with wrestling, though. That was just... Was it? That's, that's, <laughs> a, sh- that's a show I'm putting on at midnight. Very here. angry dry cleaner. Yeah. Like, why have you put this stinking leotard in here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I would... Th- I mean, uh, you know, I, podcasting has, has changed my life. Yeah, of course. You, you do a successful podcast. Yeah, I, I do the Art of Wrestling Art podcast. Wrestling. And uh, it's really because what happened was I was in WWE... And, you know, I, all the success that I've ever wanted, I thought they were going to put that on. It was like WWE was going to be like, here's a billion dollars. And it was, no, you're Goldman and you're gone in a, in a month. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was like, well, I love wrestling and I don't want to be kicked out of wrestling. And I started this podcast. And, uh, you know, people, it's like I don't need a corporation or a middleman anymore. It's, it's straight to the consumer. It's str- so, like, I don't need, like, WWE, please find me wrestling fans to cheer for me. It's like, no, if you're a wrestling fan and you like me... Uh, you just like me, and then, and then that's how it works for me. It's selling the T-shirt. You know, same with, like, hey, like, I'm putting on this free podcast. Yeah. You know, buy a CD for 15 pounds. Like, you know, if, if you like this, it's really uh, DIY. Uh, it's, it's just hand-to-hand. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, the medium, and the idea that we don't need any corporations or, or media men or anybody in the middle, and we can go straight to the consumer. And I think that's the great thing of, of this medium and the idea, and even social media. And then when you start getting into it and you talk about weird, like, marketing and social media, and people have, like, social media, like, ambassadors, and, like, that just sounds lame. But, you know, but the reality is, is, like, uh, what a time we live in yeah. where podcasting, where, where we can, you know, buy – you know, a couple hundred pounds uh, worth of equipment. Don't worry, don't do that. (laughs) Don't spend that much. Uh, (laughs) Just get Jerry to do it, and then it annoys annoys (laughs) the audio files. But yeah, I mean, I guess you've got worldwide fans from the wrestling as well, so it must be a massive, massive thing for you in that that sense. So so you don't need, even if you only had a thousand people in every country, but obviously it's way more than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, it's, but literally, if, if I go to a show and maybe a hundred people line up and want to buy a shirt, if I do that every single, you know, four times a week, that's a real living. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't need anybody. And that's, I, I, the, the days, of, it doesn't need to be giant global superstars anymore. It's just you need a, a handful of awesome fans who support you and know that, like, uh, you're just doing what you, what you love and people will listen and, uh, and they'll support you. And I know you have the same thing. Well, you know, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Not, as, not as successful as that. Well, <laughs> I've got, like, Collins. Colin. Okay, come, he comes to every gig. That's about... Uh, so I've got one person. <laughs> that, <laughs> that quite likes me. But, you know, I'll build on that. Get to two. Get to two. Colin's got a friend. Tell a friend, would you, Colin? Tell a friend to come. You got any friends that... Want? You always come alone. No friends to come with you, Colin. <laughs> Maybe you'll make a friend here one day. What if, like, secretly he has... <laughs> Secretly, he has like 1.7 million Twitter followers. <laughs> Good to. Look, it's been lovely talking to you. We're going to have to go on a pack show, so we're going to have to crack on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we give a massive round of applause to Colt Cabana, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he may be back later. Shoot off, because I don't think Nadia will be able to get past. I think she quite might enjoy trying to get past that. But uh, uh, we've got five minutes stand up from uh, the cover girl of the Independent on Saturday. She's uh, doing a fantastic show uh, at the stand, one of the stands. I can't remember which one she will tell you at the end of her set. Will you please welcome the amazing Nadia Kamal? Hello. Hi, my name is Nadia Kamal, and I am a Welsh Iraqi. Means I like daffodils with mustaches. Uh, it also means that every time people sort of hear that, the first thing they think is, "How does that happen in a sexy way?" In a nightclub in Swansea in the mid 1980s, <laughs> at least four times because I've got three brothers. 
Not all in the nightclub. Let's move on. Um, I went for my first uh, ever smear test last year. Um, it was quite late. Uh, uh, I'd always been put off because you hear lots of horror stories, don't you? Like uh, my friend Maya, who was so tense that she broke the stick <laughs> with her vagina. Which is really impressive, really. And I'm just delighted she now has a long-term boyfriend. Um, um, but my friend Lisa, she badgered me into doing it, uh, and, I, and I reluctantly booked in, uh, and I tweeted that I was going for my first ever smear test, and somebody sarcastically tweeted at me, are you going to live tweet it? And I said yes. <laughs> Which was great, because I went from being a woman who was embarrassed to show her nether regions to a stranger to being a gonzo journalist. <laughs> Uh, and uh, it, I had some really lovely feedback. I had uh, some doctors and Joe's Trust and Cervical Cancer Charity telling me that it was really great, it was breaking down barriers, and it was really positive. And I thought, how can I continue this message? And I thought, there's only one way. Rap. So I've written a rap song for you people, chronicling those events. Jerry, could you please start the track? You may recognise the, the track. <laughs> Uh, and in my show, I have a little chorus of Mary Wollstonecrafts as my hype men. Uh, and if you don't know who Mary Wollstonecraft is, she uh, gave birth to modern feminism and Mary Shelley. So quite the vaginal canal. Hey, who this a bitch be? I'm a Welsh Iraqi from the Bay of Swansea, the South Wales Valleys. Coffee players, sugar players, milk players. That's a very niche reference. I act right, I dance to comedy, I also make socks. Check my page on Etsy. Very good price for Japanese hosiery. And I'm decorated with a bachelor's degree from a fucking best university. I'm talking Cambridge. But if I were to go today, I wouldn't be able to pay. But an arts degree is not a luxury, so fuck you, coalition. But ladies, don't take me for no punt, because I'm here to talk about the health of your cunt. A vagina's no reason to feel demeaned. You've got a right to have it heard unseen. I guess that can't get screened. <laughs> and then Mary Wollstonecraft go, yes, have a smear test. I was 21 when they changed the age of your first pap smear to older so I missed out then and I feared it moved to London never registered with a GP about a listen up boo cancer of the cervix is number two most common and number five most deadly for bitches worldwide but screening can wipe out cases big time 80% four out of five Fanny's still alive due to screening so I booked a test at the surgery and I tweeted I'd be tweeting it so you'd know the deal so there'd be no fear I'm a social media ask me a the nurse inserts a speculum She's all up in your frill It takes 30 seconds It ain't a thrill But it's fine It's fine I don't know what a smear test is I'm from the 19th century A vindication of the rights of smear tests Hey y'all I know it's weird showing a stranger Your foof my advice is wear a skirt Then all you've got to take off is your underwear Remember that the nurse has Seen a thousand vaginas in his or her life Yours ain't nothing special And to the ain't no or strive All your bitches need a book of smear Wet, 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 no fear So you know that your cervix is clear And you'll be fine, fine All your bitches need a book of smear Wet, 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 no fear So you know that your cervix is clear Of cancer 
results back after a week. They said I was fine, but that I had thrush. That's normal. Four out of five women get thrush, it's normal. And it was only because I was on antibiotics for a wisdom tooth infection. Book a smear test. No, do book a smear test. So, and if you're a man, book a woman you know in for a smear test. Tell them I said it was fine. It'll be fine. Thank you very much. My show is on at 3.30. Uh, I stand for, please come if you like. It's my birthday today and I'm sad. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Come on, it's a birthday. Happy birthday. Not everyone's birthday today. Also, Bridget Christie, it's the birthday of all the feminist comedians. We're all born on the same day. Uh, I'm very excited to have our next guest. It's very nice of him to come on a Saturday because he does uh, this the other way round every day of the fringe, more or less. Will you please welcome Fred McCauley, ladies and gentlemen? How are you doing, Fred? Hi, I'm, I'm well, thanks. And Good. You? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad, thanks. Yeah, how's, how's it all going? It's all going grand, actually. Yeah, yeah we uh, usually come and do the radio show for two weeks at the Fringe, um, which means in the final week that you can relax a wee bit. But this year, we're doing three weeks of radio shows, so I'm right. pacing myself. I've only been pissed two or three times. It's good. Yeah, I was up till about two, two in the morning, which for a man of my age, it's, it's a long late night. <laughs> it is. I was up till two last night, but I was watching uh, The Newsroom by, uh, on, by Aaron Sorkin. All right. uh, on DVD, yeah, I'm good. not into that yet. I it's do love a box. I love a box set, though. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not as good as the West Wing. It's. From, I don't think it's even as good as Studio 60, which isn't very good either. <laughs> it's just a bit too. Um, there, there's a bit. It's. It, it's making some good points, but it's a bit right. too worthy. Uh, so no, I wouldn't bother. I'd, I'd watch okay. uh, Breaking Bad. I am before that. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and uh, you used to be an accountant at uh, uh, yep. Cairngorm. Uh, Cairngorm Chairlift Company. Yeah, in Aviemore. Yep. Did three years of that, yeah. So, so you came to comedy quite late. Yeah. Were you funny when you were an accountant? Were you, no, I was people? shit as an accountant. <laughs> I really was, yeah. So shit that when I left the company, they added another two words uh, in receivership. <laughs> You said the accountants is and jurisprudent proof. Correct, yeah. That's but hard, it's hard to say, let alone yeah, learn. Yeah, no, and, and I got the degree. And both of those? Yeah, it was a, well, you could do, mainly people did accounting and economics yeah. at the university that I was at, but I was uh, asked not to go any further with economics because I was so poor at that. <laughs> and uh, so the only other course was jurisprudence, and I thought, <laughs> I can waffle about that kind of shit. <laughs> so do you know about the lot, if, if, mm. if I got into trouble in some way? No, I know about, about social anthropology. And okay. the, the development of legislation in, in various cultures. Oh, we, could talk, we could talk about that yeah. for the rest. Let's talk about that yeah. for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> it's been an odd. It's an odd uh, combination today. It's an eclectic mix, isn't it? Yeah. We've got feminism, wrestling. I was known for my jurisprudence moves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the flying butthole <laughs> of jurisprudence. Uh, and so it's quite interesting because you started out doing. I mean, you obviously started doing stand up in about. You've done twenty five fringes, right? Correct. Yeah. You've done twenty five in a row. Twenty five consecutive appearances wow. at the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah. So it's, it's more and, and, and as yet in my show I mention it every night and it's still not got a round of applause <laughs> no, it nah, okay. just so what old man <laughs> so you're still breathing get on with it make us laugh motherfucker even when you ask for it they still don't get that's how tight they are with their applause I've done this is my 22nd fringe though I did my first fringe before you did ah you did fringe. yeah yes. so and I'm, I'm at least 10 years older than you as well so yeah well, there you are yeah. you're doing well unexpected laugh from you thanks very much Colt didn't uh, 
say anything about your hair backstage. So he didn't compliment you on your hair for some reason. Uh, backstage, I don't know why that was. Uh, we could we could be a different. We could be a wrestling partnership. We could be yeah. hairy versus not quite so hairy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so you, you, you put me in a sweaty headlock, and I'll just pop out. <laughs> It's impossible to get in a headlock with this big, sweaty, baldy head. <laughs> but interestingly, you ended up doing... Uh, you started doing like warm-up for shows, or not starting. That's you right, early yeah. You did warm-up for Have I Got News For You, which, that's you've, absolutely which right. you've then been a guest on as well. I have, so, yeah. So that's quite a, that must feel quite so satisfying. You know, yeah, warm-up is just basically they get the studio audience in and then they get somebody that's not famous to come on and make them laugh. And uh, it fit in nicely, because I... I Always uh, lived in Glasgow, but would go down to London for the weekends. And Have I Got News For You was taped on a Thursday night. Yeah. So I would kick my weekend off by warming up Have I Got News For You, and then go down to the comedy store yeah. uh, or Jonglers over, over the whole weekend. Uh, and I did four series of warm-up. Wow. Uh, and in fact, the, there's a, <laughs> do you, the, the older people will remember, listeners, people in the podcast remember, that Roy Hattersley failed to turn up once, so they put a tub of lard on, right? <laughs> The tub of lard got the gig before I did. <laughs> I, I was standing in the wings and going, Roy Hatchley hadn't turned up. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> up the showbiz ladder. No, we've got a tub of lard. <laughs> However, I've got a piece of uh, showbiz memorabilia, Richard, which is the dressing room uh, sign from uh, London Studios that says tub of lard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dressing room number five, tub of lard. I've got that at home. That's going in my book. That's good. That'd be worth millions. You should sell that before before it's too uh-huh. late. Uh, and I've got to do a little wiki, wiki, a little a little Wikipedia citation needed. Uh, Go on. Um, yeah, you became a full time. This isn't very interesting, but it's just citation needed. You'll find you out a, a lot of things about me. Are very, <laughs> no, I full, you became a full time pro comedian in 1993. Is Correct. that true? That's absolutely citation right. is no longer needed. Just right. think to this website. I don't know why someone's like, well, yeah. I'm suspicious about that. Yes. I'm going to put citation needed on uh, that little And fact. as you would expect from an ex-accountant, it was the 1st of February. <laughs> I can remember the date. I, you know, I, I, I did a, a gig for a, a bunch of Scottish comedians. Uh, no, sorry, accountants. Uh, and uh, it was the Scottish Accountant of the Year Awards. Yes, they have such a thing. Yeah. And I said to the organiser, how many people will be there? And they said, about 458. <laughs> 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 Jeez, let it go, guys. <laughs> so I'll ask you an emergency question that Colt didn't want to answer, and we'll never know, oh. Colt. Uh, if you had to choose between being a cow or a badger, which right. would you choose and why? Which would oh, you be? Shit, it would still be tough. you, Fred, inside the, right. your head and your memories. I think the cow. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's a graceful beast. Yeah. The badger's just an annoying little shit that gives cows TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people Is that find too that. much specialist knowledge. <laughs> it's good. It's always got, we always get somewhere different. And another thing: the cow's imprisoned and eaten. The badger is free to do what it wants. Uh-huh. Badgers can also end up as a sporran. Did you know that? A sporran? Yeah, you can have a badger's head on your sporran. They're wow. much sought after, but only if it's roadkill. You can't go out and shoot a badger just for a sporran. No. We have different laws from you people. <laughs> so the badger's head. So where do they keep all their chain? What's going? Is it going in its neck? Well, it's upside down. Yeah, the, the head is just kind of. Down, wow. Its chin is down. It's kind of morose looking. Yeah, yeah that would not surprise. Oh, me. I tried to be good all my life, and I've ended up covering a man's penis. <laughs> I would be suspicious. Anything with a mouth, I wouldn't want to be made into a sparring <laughs> because I, I think a drunk Scotsman would uh, think about 
putting something else in his sperm. Uh, I, I, I do know <laughs> that you got to the emergency question after about three questions. No, so I, liked, I, I was annoyed that I couldn't ask more of them because uh, Colt had too much uh, to talk about in his life. You've just been an accountant. That's not the same. <laughs> you've, never, you've never seen a man being yeah. shot in the street. In well, front of or oh, have, have you? I? Have you? Uh, I came up with a knock-knock joke. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to hear it? Yeah. Because I don't use it in my set because it doesn't get much of a laugh. But I think it's... Since we've <laughs> talked it about gun, uh, handguns. Uh, knock-knock. Who's there? Oscar. Oh, I get it. I'm there. I'm there. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's all right, pre- isn't it? It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. If it was six months ago, it'd be great. Uh, but <laughs> all right. Okay. Shit. <laughs> um, and um, what? So, what, what is the show this year is it just is it the best of your twenty five fringes? No, I, I, about your I, I, that was there as a kind of safety net. But I've, yeah. I've written, uh, I would say, probably about uh, two thirds of the show's new stuff. So, yeah. um, and with you know, with, with the referendum on the horizon, we've got uh, a fair bit of politics ahead of us next year in Scotland. I would imagine the fringe is just going to be a, a referendum frenzy. Yeah, yeah, it certainly will be for me. I cannot wait. <laughs> Are you? Do you feel? Do you? Because I know Susan's had uh, trouble when Susan Carman. Yeah, Susan Carman's had trouble yeah. when she sort of voiced any kind of opinion oh, I know. about. Yeah. Is it something you, you you're able to talk about? Is give your own opinion about, or do you just talk about it broadly? Broad yeah. terms, yeah. yeah. I, and I would reckon that if you even came to see my stand-up show just now, you'll leave wondering, uh, does he know anything about what's coming up? <laughs> but you'll find out in 2014. Yeah. If you don't know, for the people listening abroad, Scotland has been given the. Uh, the the vote on whether England stays in the United Kingdom. It's a pretty big decision, so taking that seriously. Because you you know the question was going to be uh, like a leading question. They wanted the wording of it to be, "Do you agree?" And they had to do away with that because the Scottish people would just go, "Oh, aye, aye, definitely." <laughs> what, what, on what? Doesn't it matter? <laughs> seriously, I'd be I'd be ashamed to lose to lose Scotland. Yeah, but. Maybe be a shame. <laughs> and all of its, all of its Tell you what, my 2015 show is going to be about <laughs> lifting the tram lines because that's that didn't work. Did not. It's no. about, well, it's kind of really. I mean, the fringe is deja vu enough already. But yeah. to actually come back the next year and this, the workmen are in the same place yeah. outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's I pretty impressive. Should, as one of the Scottish comedians, can I just tell you that there are no trams? <laughs> it was just to give visiting comedians a kind of sense of, you know, yeah. a sense of locus. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least I've got the tram material. That'll work. No trams. When, when it finally does come off, though, I've got some fantastic stuff about <laughs> about the trams when they oh, finally yeah. are here mm. uh, it's not going to happen I don't think for those that don't know the geography of Edinburgh the tram line originally it was going to be a system but the tram line <laughs> goes from some place near St Andrews Square to the airport which is a journey that on a daily basis folks tens of thousand people are not interested in making <laughs> nobody's ever been in St Andrews Square and gone jeez I wish I could go to the airport <laughs> if only there was a way I could get straight to the airport and uh, uh, what, how, how close? What's your closest? My show's about death. What's the closest you've come to di- actually dying? Uh, I don't know. That I've come close to dying. No. no, I've not been in any car accidents. No. Nobody's, nobody's shot uh, uh, at me or anything like that. Uh, I held my father's hand when he died. Yeah. Uh, so it was close to death in that respect. Yeah. yeah. There you are. <laughs> yeah. Colt, you come back. And watch. <laughs> you see how to really kill a room. Uh, 
It's weird that you know death doesn't really make people laugh that much. I've made, no. I've maybe made the wrong choice this year with my well, well, subject material. But I, I, I address it because it's in the the good thing about the Scottish Parliament is that we. Uh, have got Margot MacDonald, who is a, a, an MSP, and Margot has got Parkinson's, and she is bringing forward and moving forward the debate uh, on voluntary euthanasia. Yeah, yeah. So I talk about that in my show, and you know, because I, I, I always stress voluntary, yeah. uh, just in case any of my kids are. In, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want to hear is one of my kids on the phone. Is that British Airways could have a single and a return to Zurich, please? <laughs> I'm sitting there dribbling into my chips. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, it is genuinely a fascinating uh, topic. That it is that you know we should be able to choose our own. Yeah. Uh, the nature of our own death. Yeah. It's, I think the kind of sanctity of life is something that we should preserve. But also, it's your own life, and you should be able to yeah. choose. It's obviously the danger is that when uh-huh. you feel, oh, I'm a bit of a burden, I better just pop off. But the the the, the other side of the argument is uh, having seen uh, both my parents. Uh, pass away is the incredible fight that the older generation have to, to hang on to life. It's just mm. incredible how, how hard they'll fight just to stay alive. Yeah. So, um, it's, a, it's an interesting one, but uh, there is a subject that is even more depressing uh, for <laughs> older people, and that's going on a cruise, <laughs> <laughs> which I'll never do because my wife and I still have hope. <laughs> um, I'm surprised at how much material I'm squeezing into this. You did well. Chat. It's nice. <laughs> It's nice of you to do. I can think in his feet. I've used up all my stuff, so it's good. It's good. <laughs> you were the rector of Dundee University. Yes, I was. How, did, what, did you get any powers being yeah, the rector? You, yeah, um, I followed... Uh, Stephen Fry had been a hugely successful rector, and basically <laughs> you're the student's representative on the, on the university court, which is a bit like the like a board, you know, like the board of directors. So you've got various people from academia, then you've got the sort of support staff, and then you've got representatives. Uh, and uh, the students at five universities in Scotland elect a rector. The four ancient universities, Edinburgh, Glasgow, St Andrews and Aberdeen, and then Dundee, which is a more modern university, adopted this. And we have had brilliant rectors over the years. Peter Ustinov, right. uh, Clement Freud, and as I say, Stephen Fry was brilliant. Uh, after him, Tony Slattery. Tony, yep. going through a bit of personal uh, problems at that time and failed to attend very many things. Uh, <laughs> and I, I did it. And uh, it's, you just allocate time to attend the court meetings, the freshers week, yeah. the, the graduations. Uh, and then once a term, uh, you would hold a, a rector's surgery where anybody that has got maybe a grievance against the university would come in and you would address it and pass it on and see what you wow, could do. I it was great, I didn't brilliant it fun. generally that hands-on. Yeah. I thought you would uh-huh. be just kind of going, go, yeah, hello. So, so they made me a doctor as yeah, well, Richard. Right. Do- doctor, Dr. Macaulay. I love that when it comes through. <laughs> Letters addressed to Dr. Macaulay. You can see my postman and go, what the fuck? <laughs> And Lorraine Kelly took over after you. Yeah, that kind of the took the shine off it a bit. I'm mentioning Houston on Fry, <laughs> hoping that I'll say yeah. And Lorraine, this is brilliant. <laughs> Hiya, great to see you. No, is this wonderful? <laughs> I've often thought Lorraine Kelly would be the ideal person. I know this is on podcast, you might hear it. But the ideal person to have an extramarital affair with. Because yeah. no matter how shit you were at sex, Lorraine would go, that was brilliant, thanks very much. <laughs> I, got, so I did a bit on her show where she used to do um, like the 
uh, she did a show on Sky, which I, which I did a bit on, and she liked me. And then I came on and did the when she did the ITV one, and I did two things. But the second one was uh, I had to go through unusual Christmas gifts. Uh-huh. One of them was mittens that you shared in the middle. So I was holding a hand and going, "Oh, I can't believe I'm holding Lorraine <laughs> Kelly's hand." I was doing all that, and then one of them was a little snow globe with Joseph with Jesus on his back. Uh-huh. And I said that might be a nice present for someone who's bringing up someone else's kid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <just saying. laughs> and uh, I got sacked. That's all. That. <laughs> and that's all we've got time for with Richard. <laughs> Lovely to have you, though, brilliant. But they, on the, she'd always, they'd all, you know, I was making the crew laugh all the time on the other show by being slightly risque. Mm. So I thought I'd get away with that. But then I was, it wasn't. I mean, I meant enough to get up Top early. Like cracking like. <laughs> but they didn't like me. And uh, the, the weird thing about your morning show, you're having all these comedians on like very early in the morning. So a lot of comedians have been probably not even gone to bed. I remember in uh-huh. 2004, I'd been up all night, uh-huh. and uh, and I think I maybe had half an hour's sleep. Uh, and then I came on, and it was, and I was on, you're on live radio on BBC yep. Scotland with an audience of you know, a very well-to-do middle-aged. I would say middle-aged, middle-class, yeah. middle uh, Scotland. And you just, I, I remember being on that one and just thinking, I can't even, I don't even know where I am or what I'm <laughs> thinking or what I'm saying. <laughs> so I kind of got away. You, you must have occasionals where where well, we do. go. Uh, Andrew Maxwell, who uh, in the past has come in various conditions, uh, <laughs> he came in, and and the head of BBC Scotland was in, and you know that. In the west of Scotland, there's a great kind of religious divide. There's a sectarianism that exists through in the west of Scotland, and they're very, very, uh, very, you know, careful about what what gets broadcast. And Andrew came on, and it was the Pope was coming to visit Glasgow, and I was going, "Where's the Pope going to be playing?" <laughs> I said, "Oh, it's Bell Houston Park or something like that." No, he says, <laughs> "I won't try and do the answer." He said, "No, the Pope should play Ibrox, right? <laughs> Which is Rangers Stadium, right? The heartland of." Presbyterianism. No, the Pope should play eyebrows. Get him to put on his away strip. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, what colour is the Pope's away strip? And the head of BBC Scotland's at the back of that. <laughs> and I said, Andrew, you've got to know some of the management's here just a tad nervous. Said, oh, he says, that's fine. He said, I'm just talking about Jesus and I like the fella. <laughs> he says, wait till I start on the Muslims. <laughs> But I, I, I think the audience love it, you know, because yeah. it's a show that we do all year and it's, it's kind of magazine slash lifestyle with occasional celebrity guests. And then we have this three weeks, which is we just kind of, you know, uh, come out of our shells and yeah. we're entertained. And it, it becomes a bit more risky. We, I've, I've said some words that I know are all right as far as podcasting is concerned. Yeah. But in live BBC radio, I know the parameters. I've never <laughs> said the F word or worse in 16 years. No. No. Well, that's why you're still working there. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Do you want to say it now? You can say it, get it out of your system now. No, if you want. I, 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 I want to, a, a line from last year, which is that I'm very aware of my accent because I was brought up in Perthshire. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, when you look at somebody like Reginald D. Hunter, and I love his voice, the, the timbre of his voice, which is when he says, motherfucker. <laughs> wow. When I say motherfucker, <laughs> it sounds like an agricultural process. Right? <laughs> What were you up to today, Freddy? I just went over the 17-acre field with the motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Is that it ready for planting? No! I'll need to go over it tomorrow with the cocksucker. <laughs> oh, very good. I think, uh, I think that's a good place to... Uh, we'll always end on the cocksucker. We're going to do a competition. I don't know if uh, uh, Colt's still around. Are you still there, Colt? Yeah, come, buddy. you can come back, you can come and join in if you Cole like. Colt was a great, Cole, Cole came and saw me in the radio uh, show the other morning, yeah. great guest, top guy. What I love about your show is just, you know, Paul Foote, who was on this the other day, come and just come up here, get in, get in there if you can. 
squeeze past. <laughs> <laughs> this is the slow flying butthole. <laughs> so we're going to make some statements, Thrive, or true or false. And you, the audience, have to decide to win all this stuff. Uh, there's a post, you've got a poster somewhere yeah, as well, haven't I'll you? Do you want to go and grab it and sign that? Uh, and um, whoever, if you get it right, uh, we'll basically have to stand up. Let's all stand up and let's get that out of the way. Uh, if you think the thing is true, put your hands on your head. If you think it's false, put your hands on your bottom. The seat of all forceful falsehood. And uh, if you get it wrong, you have to sit down. It's a self-policing system. You are allowed to uh, give anyone who's cheating a flying asshole, though. That is, uh, <laughs> so do watch out for that. Um, uh, I will start you off uh, with... Oh, will I? I don't know. Uh, I'll just make one up myself. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> that's a bit of a giveaway. Uh, <laughs> or is it a clever double bruff? <laughs> double bruff. Um, uh, 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 one of um, uh, Colt's uh, moves is the, uh, the midget basher. Is that true or false? True on your head, false on your bottom. Is that one of your moves called the midget basher? Not officially. N- no. <laughs> <laughs> so sit down if you said true. That was, yeah, that was incredible. Have you got a statement of truth or falsehood? Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've only ever had uh, seven stitches in my body, and four of them were on my penis. <laughs> True, True or false? false. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Four. I hope they weren't all at the same time. <laughs> is that true or false? It's true. That is true. <laughs> I've had I've had a I've had a stitch on my penis. It was only one or two, I think. Yeah. Was it four all at once? <laughs> Mine, four? My, and also it was while well, I was a, an accountant. I was covered by Booper, <laughs> and uh, they they rejected the claim. They said it was only a small operation. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Have you got a statement of truth or falsehood? Yeah. Um, my wrestling trainer once portrayed Donald Trump on WWE television. True or false? What's the answer? It's true. It is true. So, someone noticed the other day and said, can you tell your guests not to always just tell true facts? Because that's, that's a little tip if you want to win the game, uh, stay being true. Uh, Fred McCauley was 34 years old when he started doing stand-up comedy. Is that true or false? It is false. He was 31 years old. Correct, yeah. Mm, a lot of people have done the math. <laughs> math. Uh, have, you got a, have you got another one, Fred? Have you got another statement? Or cult? Yeah. Um, my real name is Scott. True or false? You told me to do a false one, but I mixed it up. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Hey, is, is, how many people still in? You're still in, you're still in. Anyone at the back still in? <laughs> Yeah, one or two. Yeah. Uh, one, okay, we got. We need some more then. Um, uh, got one. My grandfather was the provost of Perth. True or false? It's false. It's false. He's, he lied. So sit down. If you said true, uh, who's still in? You, you, three. Any other back? No. All gone, so just three. Right, we'll end this quickly. Uh, I have a Nike fuel band on. That isn't the true or false. Uh, which uh, tells me how many f- Nike fuel points I've used up. How many Nike fuel points have I got to so far today, madam? Get, have a guess. I'm not even going to give you parameters. You have to choose a number, and if you get the clock. Good guess, 467. 40. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 800, cleverly going a bit higher. I think you might be uh, the winner there. It is 1,008. Wow. You won, sir, so congratulations. There's a poster. 
so please give it up for uh, my guests today, Fred McCauley, Colt Cabana, Najib Kamal. We're back tomorrow. We've got someone fantastic on tomorrow. It's Al Murray and Paul Provenza, I think, on tomorrow. So do come along tomorrow. Thank you for coming. Have a good day. Bye.